Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Good evening. Welcome to Fantasy Football Rewind. Hopefully, you had some Falcons and Saints in your lineups. Hope you didn't have the Vikings defense. I am Scott Engel, the Managing Director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy here with you every Sunday night and on the overnight, as you hear us as well, uh, here with my good friend Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz. Jim, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing great, Scott. Doing great. Uh, Some crazy football today. It was uh, very fun to pay attention to. Yeah, it was really crazy, and I... I have to say, you know, the biggest thing before we get to the big injury story, though, is, you know, it just shows us how predictable, unpredictable our crazy game can be. They say that the experts are only the best experts only right about 55 percent of the time. And I got to tell you that, uh, you know, they were definitely wrong today when it, when it certainly came to the uh, to the Vikings and the Bills. You know, the build that everybody expected a Vikings blowout like it was the most sure thing that we were going to go see all season. And the Bills actually went into Minnesota and walloped the Vikings. Well, you know, when I was on the show yesterday with George Kurtz, I actually told him, I said, I think this could be a trap game. But then I didn't even listen to my own advice because I took Minnesota into Liverpool this week and I am now out. A lot of people got knocked out of the survivor pools. It, it just seemed like the easy pick. This week, and when we were talking about survivor picks, uh, I, I never like to go the easy way on the pregame show. I like to have a little, uh, little more fun with it. And uh, I actually said Miami, and uh, it, it looked a little bit in doubt for a little while. But you know, the Dolphins were able to pull away. Yeah, well, we talked about this that this morning. I told you it wouldn't be as as easy as you seem to think it would be. Pull it out at the end, so it worked out for you. Yeah, well, actually, you know, the Raiders actually jumped out to a lead, but ultimately, uh, you know, I, th- I think the I think the better team won there. But uh, you know, let's go over some of the injury news, and the biggest one is actually about Forty uh, ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Late in the game against Kansas City today, uh, was looking to run out of bounds and uh, took took a hit from court, from cornerback Steve Nelson. And the war- early word is is that the, the 49ers fear that he might have a torn MCL and a torn ACL as well. Ending his season, this team says they have, uh, you know, they have confidence in their backup, you know, C.J. Beathard. But the, Jimmy Garoppolo, you didn't have a great game today. Uh, we were talking about it, you know, this morning on Fantasy Football Today. You, myself, and Mike Blewett about, 
you know, he thought it was a good matchup, but he didn't have the weapons of, of the previous two teams they faced. So he didn't have a fantastic day. Garoppolo certainly wasn't living up to the expectations. But, but you know, that, now this gives this offense an even bigger hit. You know, they've already lost uh, Jarek McKinnon. Now they lose their starting quarterback. And this is certainly going to hurt the outlook of guys like Marquise Goodwin and maybe George Kittle, too. Oh, absolutely. It's going to affect this whole team. There's no doubt about it. Anytime you lose your starting quarterback, it's definitely a negative. The backup is a backup for a reason. Uh, you know, but they'll do what they, you know, every team has to do. It's next man up, step up, take your turn, and go for it. Yeah, certainly, uh, uh, you know, very, very big injury here. Uh, you know, if you have Jimmy Garoppolo, hopefully. You drafted a backup quarterback, but if not, uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make maybe make a trade to fill this void because you know that's what I had to do in one of my leagues. Uh, I'm gonna have to do it in one of my leagues. Jimmy Garoppolo is my starting quarterback, but a lot of times a fantasy owner doesn't even roster a backup quarterback, and this is when it comes to to bite you in the butt. You know, if you didn't draft a backup because, you know, if your starting quarterback goes out for the year, you know, we, we saw with Carson Wentz last year, there's not a lot out there on the free agent list. You know, I'm looking on my free agent list. I see Terod Taylor, Sam Darnold, Joe Flacco. And Flacco may not be bad, but ideally these are not the guys that you want to roll with. So if you lost Garoppolo, hopefully you had some another option there. You know, maybe a Jared Goff, maybe a Matthew Stafford, maybe even an Alex Smith, and uh, maybe we even go to one of those guys, Jim. Otherwise, you're probably going to be after making a deal. All right, we'll uh, we'll have Jim back in just a second. He's having a little bit of technical difficulties, but uh, that is uh, certainly. Uh, what I advise, you know, you're gonna have to probably hit the trade market if you if you lost uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, because uh, you know this is a big loss for fantasy players, uh, and also uh, you know for the 49ers as well. You know, the 49ers had a lot of hopes for this season, and now it seems like they're already going down the tubes here with the loss of the quarterback, the franchise quarterback that they set out to acquire. So many teams were after Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, the 49ers were able to land him, and now they lose their their uh, prize free agent, their prize quarterback that they acquired for the rest of the year. So, uh, also in fantasy, I guess it's going to be time to start streaming defenses uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, luckily, you know, we saw Matt Breida uh, leave the game with what looked like might be a season-ending injury for him as well. Uh, nobody had actually touched him. And it looked like he planted and it looked like he injured himself. But fortunately, Breida was able to come back into this game. But this offense is probably going to have a lot more trouble moving with C.J. Beathard. Uh, you know, maybe they can pile up some numbers when they play catch-up here. Uh, you're probably going to see the 49ers uh, as underdogs just about every game they play for the rest of the year. At, le- at least certainly uh, you know, within their own, div- own division ex- against Seattle and certainly the Rams. Uh, I can't imagine they're going to be favored against too many teams. When you see uh, the 49ers in a game uh, in any given week, you might want to take the under now that there's no Jimmy Garoppolo. Some other notable injuries. Uh, A.J. Green had to leave today's game uh, against the Carolina Panthers with a groin injury. And also, Evan Ingram had to leave today's game with a knee injury. Those are some of the key 
offensive injuries. Uh, groin injuries sometimes don't last too long, so maybe A.J. Green could be back for week three. And uh, you know, we'll be hopeful on that. But, you know, the same night or the next morning after the show, it's really too early to know. People might get panicky and say, okay, you know, am I going to have to place, place A.J. Green in week three? Look, you can't even hit the waiver wire till at least Tuesday night. So as as difficult as it is, you're probably going to have to have a little bit of patience. It's not easy, but you're probably going to have to have a little bit of patience. You know, the injury information doesn't come fast as furious as you want it to. You know, these guys have to go through tests, etc. You know, this is you know the uh, the injuries are not operated by Burger King. You know, they're not fast food, so they don't come out right away when you just want them to. So you're going to have to wait on this information. You'll have to wait on Evan Ingram. Uh, the Rams defense, you know, we'll have to also see what's going on there as well because they lost both of their starting cornerbacks to injuries today. Marcus Peters suffered a calf injury and uh, did not return. It looked a lot worse. He has to, had to be helped off the field. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see the extent of that injury. Uh, he went down in the second quarter. And then in the third quarter, they also lost Aqib Tlaib with a hand injury. And... The amount of points that, uh, or the amount of, the amount of points in yardage that the uh, that the, the Chargers were able to roll up, you know, it was uh, pretty respectable and shows you that even when a team faces a good defense, you know, the defense is not always going to win by default, and you know, the offense is going to put up some numbers. Although it was Jared Goff that really shined in that game, so no other major offensive injuries, but the Jimmy Garoppolo news is definitely a blow. Uh, you know, a lot of people drafted him as their their QB one, so uh, you're gonna have to go out and replace him somehow. So hopefully, like I said, you have another decent quarterback on your roster. Drew Brees was the most productive quarterback of the week: thirty nine of forty nine, three hundred ninety six yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and he also rushed for two scores, including the game winning leap quarterback sneak in overtime, and uh, Breeze is, he's kind of reverted to the f- elite fantasy quarterback that he was two years ago and beyond. Uh, he has scored over 30 points in two games so far, and that is in uh, that that is in standard formats, and that's because, you know, this, this New Orleans defense, they can't seem to stop anybody, and that that's a big problem. And last year, they were able to play defense. They had a strong running game, so Breeze didn't have to air it out like he did in previous seasons. But the Saints have reverted to being defenseless. And when that happens, it means Drew Breeze is going to have to sling it. Of course, uh, you're not going to expect to see two rushing touchdowns every week. But still, you know, the amount of yardage that he's throwing for, the amount of passing that he's attempting. You know, right, right now, Drew Breeze is looking like an elite fantasy quarterback again. Not something that uh, we expected. He nearly hit 400 yards for the second time in three games. You're listening to uh, Fantasy Football Rewind with Scott Engel and Jim Day. Uh, Hopefully we'll have uh, Jim Day back shortly. In that game, Calvin Ridley proving that this is who the Falcons wanted. This is who they wanted him to be. Julio Jones gets so much defensive attention, and forever they've been so, they've been looking for a big playmaker across from Julio Jones, and they found it in Calvin Ridley in his third game of his pro career. He busts out with seven catches for 146 yards and three touchdowns, 
a 40-point day in ESPN standard PPR for Calvin Ridley. So uh, Calvin Ridley now has four touchdowns in his last two games, and he gets the Bengals and the Steelers and the Buccaneers and the Giants next. So things are looking up for Calvin Ridley. A must-start at least as a wide receiver three going forward, and uh, could creep into wide receiver two territory. Uh, certainly, if he keeps up this momentum, it was very quiet in the first week to the point where some people actually started cutting him. But uh, if they did, they certainly regretted it. Uh, right now, he's only owned in 40.8 of ESPN leagues. And uh, if that's a reflection of what's going on in public leagues, boy, Calvin Ridley is going to be highly sought after on the waiver wire this week. Matt Ryan with a great game, naturally, when you talk about Calvin Ridley. Uh, 26 of 35, 320, 374 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. This was the Matt Ryan that we used to see two years ago. And, uh, you know, after that bad game against Philadelphia, he has, been, he has rebounded in a big way. And, you know, hopefully you're one of those Jimmy Garoppolo owners who had Matt Ryan also because then he could just turn to Matt Ryan, uh, who had one of the best games of his career today. Alvin Kamara was Alvin Kamara. It wasn't really in the rushing numbers for Kamara. It was the receiving number. 16 carries for 66 yards. But, boy, what wide receiver wouldn't like to have his 15 catches for 120, for 124 yards? Alvin Kamara right now arguably is looking like the best running back in fantasy football. In the le- he has caught 30 passes so far this year and has two 100-yard games. I know some of his owners were a little frustrated that in overtime that they didn't give him that rushing touchdown. But, hey, when you're getting those kind of numbers, don't be greedy. Those kind of numbers can push your team to a victory in any given week. Robert Woods with a terrific game for the Los Angeles Rams today. Ten catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns as the Rams scored 35 points and uh You know, Woods has 185 receiving yards in his last two games. Got off to a slow start uh, against against the Oakland Raiders, but has gotten better each week. Arizona last week, six catches, 81 yards. The Chargers this week, 10 catches, 104 yards, and two touchdowns. He's got Minnesota next week, but, uh, you know, ask Josh Allen. Maybe that isn't such a daunting matchup, and then he's got Seattle. Uh, Sometimes Robert Woods is the forgotten man. In that receiving crew, Jim Day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with so many weapons around, it's hard to get everybody involved each week. So you're going to have weeks where one guy is more involved than others, and it's going to go back and forth, especially when you have three good, talented receivers like they do. Well, it seems like uh, you know he finds a way to get Woods worked in every week. Uh, He even had three carries for 13 yards, so... You got to continue to roll Woods out there and give him strong consideration as a fantasy wide receiver three. Another good game from Cam Newton, 15 of 24, 150 yards passing, two touchdowns, but also uh, two rushing touchdowns. Cam Newton was the ultimate dual threat today, uh, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Cam Newton is, you know, he didn't, you know, 150 passing yards doesn't normally get it done, but the two passing touchdowns and the two rushing touchdowns, definitely what you want to see. Yeah, the uh, the Panthers are actually on a bye next week, so uh, you'll have to replace Cam Newton. Real quick, Jim, uh, 
replacing Jimmy Garoppolo, there's really not a lot out there on free agency. And I've been saying, uh, you know, while you were getting your technicals corrected, the only way to replace him if you did get a backup quarterback maybe is to get a trade. Does this does this make you think like uh, you know sometimes fantasy got people don't draft a backup quarterback and they end up getting burned when something like this happens to Garoppolo or Wentz? Oh, absolutely, it can burn people. You know, most of the time I draft a backup quarterback. Sometimes I don't. But there should be some teams out there with some really good backup quarterbacks uh, that should be available. So, you know, hopefully you might be able to go out there and get somebody. All right. We'll talk about the revival of Jordy Nelson next on Fantasy Football Rewind. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day. Jim, just want to get your take uh, real quick here about how uh, this injury affects the, the rest of the 49ers offense. You know, definitely knocks down Marquis Goodwin a few pegs. Defenses might focus some more on Matt Breed. It's really not good for the rest of the San Francisco offense. Well, the one thing we've come to see from Garoppolo is that he definitely has his favorite receivers, and those guys were Goodwin and Kittle, and they seem to be more involved than everybody else. You know, maybe getting Beathard in there might work uh, some life back into Pierre Garçon's uh, career. I'm not sure at this point. It's hard to tell what what's going to happen with this offense moving forward. You know, maybe it, it's a team that's out there might be looking at a, a Nick Foles trade. Who knows? Yeah, possibly, although... Uh... You know, Foles has looked too sharp himself. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. They're probably kicking themselves for not going after Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, uh, Jordy, Jordy Nelson, uh, looking like Jordy Nelson of old. Six catches for 173 yards and a touchdown today. Uh, most of it in the first half. We didn't hear anything from Amari Cooper again. But where did this come from, from Jordy Nelson? We didn't see anything in the first two weeks. Might this be the only 100-yard game of the year for Jordy Nelson? Well, you know, if, if they continue to try and get him involved, I think, you know, this is definitely something that they could do. There's no doubt about it. You know, Nelson looked good today. And, in fact, I mean, most of what he did actually came in the first eight minutes of the first quarter. Uh, he had like 100, what, 38 or 139 yards within the first eight minutes of the first quarter. Uh, so it was the rest of the game that he was quite slow. But that opening uh, opening first quarter, he got those two nice long passes. And, you know, I'm glad to see him get more involved because I definitely have him on quite a few best ball leagues. 
ESPN leagues, uh, he is available in just about 34% of leagues. So I think a lot of people cut him after the first two weeks. He's going to be a hot free agent pickup, you know, because you know how reactionary fantasy owners are. Uh, if you had a $100 budget, how much would you spend on Jordy Nelson if you needed receiver help this week? Say you lost to Doug Baldwin or something like that. You know what? I would take a good shot at Nelson because we know he has upside. If they start to get him the ball, we know he has the upside. So for me, I'm probably if I if I still have the hundred, I'm really in desperate need. I wouldn't go. I would go as high as thirty two, thirty three percent. Yeah, maybe it was just a case of being needed to work into the offense. But I got to say, with Jordy Nelson, I got it's going to take more than one game to convince me. But Tyler Boyd is. Uh, Put together two consecutive solid performances now. He has scored in two consecutive weeks, uh, two consecutive six-catch weeks, 132 yards, and a touchdown today against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, absolutely. He is definitely becoming the second favorite target there, although he outshone A.J. Green today. Um, you know, I don't think that's something that happens a ton, although I thought I heard something about A.J. Green maybe being injured. I didn't see that. I'm sorry. Yes, I missed uh, it. We, we, we we said that when you had some technical difficulties, he had to leave today today's game with a groin injury. Ah, uh, yeah, well that stinks. Um, you know, at this point, you think you got to think that helps Tyler Boyd going forward. But at the same time, is he good enough to go up against top cornerbacks? That's what we're going to have to see next. Yeah, well, you know, it's a, it's a groin injury, and look, everybody heals differently. But usually, groin injuries don't really keep guys out for an extended period. Uh, you know, it it really depends on you know if they can run and cut. You know, it it, it, it nobody's going to be able to tell for sure. We'll have to see during the upcoming week. But uh, Tyler Boyd getting it done again. Uh, Jared Goff with the big game today: twenty nine of thirty six, three hundred fifty four yards, three touchdowns, and one interceptions. Uh, one interception. Uh, Goff has six touchdown passes in his first three games. He's got Minnesota and Seattle next. Yeah, no, actually, he played a real good game in this one. You know, uh, Rams expected to win this game. They did. They came out. Uh, he did what he had to do to make sure that happened. And, you know, I like Goff. I definitely do. He doesn't turn the ball over too often. So, I, you know, when I start to see these multiple touchdown games coming from him, I think that's a really good sign of him growing as a quarterback. Yeah, the only thing you got to worry about with Goff is how are they going to finish that drive? You know, how often are they going to – Handed to Todd Gurley. Patrick Mahomes with another excellent game today. 24 38, 314 yards, three touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. Right now, looking like the best quarterback in fantasy football. The amazing thing about him is just the way he doesn't give up on a play and wants to turn it into a big play. And the defense just can't seem to stop him. Uh, you know, he's got Denver and Jacksonville next, though. So uh, would you sell high on Patrick Mahomes right now? Uh, well, it depends. This is a great case of, you know, if you drafted Mahomes, more than likely you drafted him as your backup quarterback. There weren't many teams that drafted him to start just because there are so many good quarterbacks out there. So if that's the case and you have another good quarterback, I, I might very well be inclined to sell high. You know, should always at least explore the options. See what somebody's willing to give you. That Denver matchup isn't as daunting, though, as maybe we saw you know, in nope. the early season, you know, so far in two of three games, they've given up a lot of passing yards. Deshaun Watson, 24-40, yards, two touchdowns and one interception. But, you know, this was mostly in, in garbage time here, or uh, not garbage time, but catch-up 
And, you know, Deshaun Watson has just not looked good. Whereas, you know, you talk about a guy like Patrick Mahomes, he, he seems to have the ability to, you know, just hit the big play so consistently. But then when he's got to hit the shorter route, he's been able to do it so far, although they haven't tested him. But with Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, if the big play isn't there, he's struggled. Uh, he he is he has really struggled these first three games. And this people, some people were talking about him as a top three fantasy quarterback. You know, I'm as guilty as anybody ranking him in my my top four. But the production just hasn't been there. The protection hasn't been good. The run support hasn't been good, etc. Yeah, no, it really does come down to him. Everything comes back to him. If he's playing well, this offense is playing well. If he's not, then this offense is going to struggle. So I'm with you on that. Uh, You know, Lamar Miller isn't going to scare anybody if Watson's not back there, you know, being able to light up the field around him. So it really does come back to him. And you're right. I mean, even in the preseason, he didn't look like the same quarterback that we saw last year, even in the limited run that we saw. You know, he just looked so much more confident, so much more poised last year than he's had looked at any time this year. Yeah, it's it's getting to a point where, you know, Deshaun Watson, depending on who your quarterback is, you know, he's he's not a must start. You know, he that label I think you gotta rip it off of him right now. Yeah, at this point, draft capital goes out the window. You you got to go with the guys that are doing what they need to do. And if they're not getting it done, then it doesn't matter where you're drafting them. If you got somebody, like if you took Watson early and took Mahomes later, you know, you can't be struggling over that decision. It's got to be Mahomes at this point. I thought this Houston team was going to be very good. But now they've lost nine straight dating back to, to last year. And... Yeah, I don't think any team in the twenty year last twenty years has made the the playoffs start knowing three. Yeah, I don't know the exact stat, but it is very hard to do. Uh, I think they said something like 2% of the teams that start 0-3 have a chance to make the playoffs. So that's definitely not a good stat. And I'm very glad my Giants got off the snide today. <laughs> Todd Gurley, 23 carries, 105 yards, a touchdown. Uh, five catches for 51 yards. He does what he does. Adam Thielen, uh, a lot of this in catch-up mode today. 14 catches, 105 yards as uh, Buffalo losing. Buffalo actually beating Minnesota <laughs> by a count of 27-6. to six. What was the spread in this game? Wasn't it something like 17? 17 points. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and the only good thing about this was I said to bet the under, which was, uh, I think, 40. I have to double check. I think it was, yeah, it was a really low uh, over under really. Yeah, it was 41 and a half. Uh, and I said to bet the under, I, I had reserve about this game anyway, because it was a perfect track trap game, you know, coming off of the, a big win going up against a team that shouldn't do anything next week. You got the Thursday night game against the Rams. It was a perfect track game and it worked out perfectly that way for Buffalo. You know, this is this is why you know this is why our hobby, our favorite sport, is very very unpredictable here. But Thielen was actually able to put up the numbers while he while he was playing catch up. So at least you got a good fantasy day salvage from him. Uh, Mike, I, Williams, I love the uh, fact that he got 19 targets. Uh, that's just crazy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You expecting uh, uh, on the other side, like, would anybody be worthy in catch-up? But you didn't have to worry about that. Mike Williams today with a, uh, another strong performance, four catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns, uh, beautiful diving catch for the first touchdown. 
but the Chargers were not able to win this game. Uh, they lost 23-35 in the Battle of Los Angeles. But Mike Williams has certainly arrived as a startable fantasy wide receiver three. Uh, depending on the matchup, uh, I think you want to roll him out as a DFS play. Uh, he's got San Francisco and Oakland coming up the next two weeks, so you certainly got to consider him in any format, whether it's seasonal or DFS. I'd like to see him be getting more targets. I mean, he did get seven today, but look, he, there's no doubt in my mind he is the, absolutely the second-best receiver on this team behind Keenan Allen. You know, the other two just really don't do it for me. I've been high on Mike Williams all preseason, all start of year. Uh, I actually did start him today in a few of my DFS lineups because I thought – Rivers would have to throw a lot to play catch up, uh, and you know it it worked out for me in this case because you know I this is this is a guy who should be getting you know eight nine targets every game should definitely be scoring you know touchdowns at a pretty good clip. I definitely think this is a trend we're going to see continue. Uh, Adrian Peterson today with another good game. That's two in three weeks. 19 carries for 120 yards and two rushing touchdowns. He's got three rushing touchdowns in three games. Dare I say it, Peterson is actually looking better than he has last year. And he's got got the Saints coming up next week. Uh, Washington surprising Green Bay, beating them uh, tw- 31-17. to And, uh, you know, this defense is... Uh, has played really well in two, two or three games. Uh, they're doing it with defense and a running game. They're playing smart football here. And uh, Adrian Peterson is showing that he still has something left as much as people like myself want to doubt him. And we've seen that before. When people doubt Adrian Peterson, you know, it seems to fire him up. And you're right, but it's very easily very easy for him next week to come out and put up 30 yards and do nothing else. So, you know, it's he's going to be a guy that's going to be very hard to count on from week to week, very hard to know when he's going to have these spirited games as opposed to last week where he wasn't even involved. The thing that changed this week is, you know, at least we saw Alex Smith start to get the ball to the wide receivers and not constantly check down to the running backs and tight ends. And he got the wide receivers more involved in this game, gave them a little bit more push. And, you know, I, I think this team, I think Washington has a really good solid team and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning this division. You know what? Just because you said that Adrian Peterson uh, could have a thirty-yard game next week, he's going to go over a hundred next week. <laughs> well, that's the I kind agree. of stuff he's that motivates those, him. I, it, he's one of those players that it, you just don't know what you're going to get each and every week. Michael Thomas, ten catches for 129 yards, his third consecutive game against the Falcons with ten catches. Uh, he's has it. That's his lowest uh, amount of catches so far. In any game this year, you know, Drew Brees used to spread the ball around a lot, but so far now he now he's just like going to Thomas as a volume monster, and he's got thirty eight catches in uh, in three games so far. Is Michael Thomas the number one wide receiver in PPR formats right now? I think you have to consider that. You're even crazier is that he's got thirty eight receptions on forty targets. He's only missed two balls of 40 in three games. To me, that, that stat is just amazing. Yeah, this game had a 54-and-a-half over, and it was pretty pretty easy to do. Uh, you know, if you're going to take the over, this was, a, this was an easy one. I'll talk about my favorite under and uh, how that hit a little bit later on. But, uh, 
you know, this this one, like midway through the third quarter, I said, oh, this is easily going over here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, this was one of the fun fantasy games of the day. You know, the one my one lineup that I was able to cash out in on, on a, a daily, you know, I stacked from this game. So they, you know, that's what you got to do. Saquon Barkley, uh, as the Giants beat Houston 27-22, 17 carries, 82 yards, and a very pretty touchdown run. Five catches for 35 yards. Uh, you know, Barkley with a very respectable day today. Uh, he's given pretty much a high floor every week. Two rushing touchdowns in three games, and he's gone over 80 rushing yards in two of three so far. Yeah, considering how bad this offense was the first two weeks, he's done his part. And But the scare came early in this game when he took a real low shot to the, to the knee, and he came up hobbling and looked like he was going to miss some time. And basically, I think he missed like two or three plays, came right back in the game, and uh, right after that, soon after that, scored his touchdown. So that was a good thing to see as a Giants fan. What a big rushing day for Christian McCaffrey today. 28 carries for 184 yards. Only two catches for 10 yards. Uh, McCaffrey's shown us in the last two weeks that he could do us both a runner and a receiver. Would you say he's a top five fantasy uh, running back right now? Absolutely. In, in PPR leagues, he has to be, no doubt about it. Like you said, he shoot, you know, last week he showed he's got the receiving skills that match anybody in the league. And then this week he comes out and, and does it on the ground, um, you know, against a pretty tough sensey defense. So I, I kind of like it. I love what I'm seeing out of him. I'm glad I got him a ton. Uh, I have about 110 shares of him in my leagues. Yeah, but you're in about 900 leagues, so... Uh, you gotta uh, add 173, there. not 900. Don't get, don't exaggerate. Okay. Oh, Corey <laughs> Parsons at 900. Yeah. Uh, Albert Wilson has scored in two consecutive weeks. Jakeem Grant with two two touchdowns today. But are either one of these guys worth a pickup? The Dolphins are three and zero, but uh, you know that's going to stop. They 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 have New England and Cincinnati the next two weeks. You know, it, it's so tough to trust guys that score touchdowns on very limited touches. You know, Albert Wilson only had the two targets, the two catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Jakeem Grant, same thing. Three targets, only two catches, 70 yards, the two touchdowns. But that's so hard to replicate on a week-to-week basis. So much better to rely on somebody who's getting the targets, maybe didn't get the touchdown this week, than somebody who's only getting a couple of targets and a touchdown because it's just not going to happen every week. Yeah, uh, we got the buys coming next week. Can you use either one of these guys against a vulnerable New England secondary? Uh, You know, maybe as a bye week plugger. Uh, you know what? If I'm going to trust one of these two guys, I think I trust Albert Wilson a little bit more than Jakeem Grant. Um, I just think he's a better all-around receiver. But, uh, you know, it's going to be hit or miss on which one does what in any given week. And, you know, it's going to be one of those scenarios where one week it's going to be one guy, next week it's going to be the other. So very hard to trust. Will Fuller, five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. This guy continues to do it with uh, with Deshaun Watson in there. He's had his hunt, reached 100 yards in every career game that he's played with Deshaun Watson, and he's got the Colts next week. So looks like that streak might continue. All right, coming up next, what haven't we seen in Seattle a long time? A 100-yard rusher. We'll talk about that next on the Fantasy Football Rewind. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind, it's Scott Engel and Jim Day here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals, using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps, and if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code F-N-T-S-Y. So the Seahawks did something today in their Vic 23, uh, their 24-13 victory over the Cowboys that they didn't do all of last season. They did two things. They had a 100-yard rusher, and they actually had a rushing touchdown from inside the red zone from a running back. Chris Carson, with his best game of the young season, 32 carries for 102 yards, and a rushing touchdown, the first uh, 100-yard game of Chris Carson's career, obviously. And this is what the Seahawks wanted to do. They wanted to, you know, get back to establishing the run to take some pressure off the passing game after what happened in the first two weeks. And Chris Carson ran well. He, he gained a lot of yards after contact today. And, uh, you know, I thought I was going to see more Rashad Penny. But it looks like Penny's going to be pinned to the bench for a while. I was wrong about that, but... Uh, Carson ran really well, and he's kind of put himself back into the picture as maybe a flex uh, like this. He's got Arizona next, the Rams, and Oakland. Uh, you know, if the Seahawks continue to play this sort of methodical lower-scoring game, which they may have to do because of their lack of playmakers in the passing game until Doug Baldwin comes back, then you know, Chris Carson, who a lot of people are thinking cutting this past week, has suddenly uh, you know, re-entered flex conversation, Jim. Well, you know, it, it's always easier when a guy gets 32 carries, let's face it. Um, you know, we're not seeing two that happen too much this year so far. We're seeing a definitely, a, you know, a lot of guys with 15, 18 carries, but nobody getting more than 22 often. So, you know, it's nice that he fun- he did crack the 102 yards. Uh, I, I hate that he had, took 32 carries to do it, but you're right. I mean, he is the guy, still the guy there. Penny is not even in the equation at this point. Yeah, he is. So, uh, look, bye weeks are coming up. So, you know, you certainly got to keep Chris Carson around. Uh, moving down the statistical ladder, uh, we find that uh, Aaron Rodgers today was 27 of 44 for 265 yards, two touchdowns, no interception. Looked like he was really limping in some of that rain today. Uh, you know, since he's injured, uh, since he suffered the knee injury, he's only thrown three touchdown passes. But, you know, we, we've seen some heroics from him. Uh, you know, he's, uh, 
he actually injured himself in the first game, and then he threw like you know two touchdown passes after that. He's got Buffalo, Detroit, and San Francisco coming up. So look, he's not putting up Patrick Mahomes like like numbers, but you're not going to go benching Aaron Rodgers. Well, actually, there's a lot of people asking that question. There were a lot of people asking that question today. Should I bench him? You know, and it's hard hard to say bench him. It really is. I mean, none of us are going to tell you to bench Aaron Rodgers just because of what he can do on any given play in any given game. So, you know, he had a bad game last week. Didn't have the greatest of games this week, but not bad. Uh, But, you know, there's definitely people out there that are concerned about the knee injury, how much it's affecting him. And there are going to be a lot more questions going into next week about whether or not people should play him. And, you know, it's starting to be a viable question. It is a viable question given his health, but uh, I would just say, you know, keep a pretty decent backup around, and as long as he's active, I think you got to continue to start him. He is, he is Aaron Rodgers. You know, everybody talks about those heroics against the Bears, uh, you know, in the opening night. He, he's capable of doing that at any time. Odell Beckham Jr. today, nine catches, 109 yards. Uh, Giovanni Bernard. Did have a great game, 12 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown, but he had five catches for uh, for 25 yards. Expect a little bit better of a game from, from Gio today, but, uh, you know, in terms of the rushing yardage, but you certainly can't be disappointed with the final output. No, absolutely not. I mean, he bested what he averages when he gets as many touches. Um, we didn't see – we actually, I thought he – get more carries in this game, but uh, they had to, to fight in this one, and he didn't do as well. But he got the rushing touchdown, which absolutely helped him. I, You know, I had him clued in for somewhere around 18 points, and he came in at 19.3, so I'm definitely not arguing about it. Travis Kelsey, eight catches for 114 yards today. Uh, Sammy Watkins, five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. I actually rolled them out in uh, – one of my daily lineups, and I, you know, as long as Patrick Mahomes is going to be slinging the rock the way he is, you know, he Sammy Watkins becomes like say Geronimo Allison or somebody like that. He he is effectively like the third target on this team, but uh, you know, not somebody I think you can count on a week to week basis. But you know, high end wide receiver four when Patrick Mahomes is slinging the ball the way that he is. Well, actually, I think he's a wide receiver three because Patrick Mahomes is slinging the ball the way he is. Look, this is two down weeks we've had in a row with Tyreek Hill. Last week it was because of Watkins. This week it was because of Kelsey. So, it, you know, the fact that Mahomes is finding new people every week to get involved and become the, the main link that week is really starting to show his progression as a quarterback. Uh, Manuel Sanders only five catches for 38 yards, but he did have a 35-yard Rushing touchdown uh, this week, so he, he cracked 15 points for this the second times in, in uh, three games. Case Keenum has looked erratic, but it's no doubt that Emmanuel Sanders is his number one guy, and they have Kansas City next week. Yeah, Case Keenum has definitely not been as good as I thought he would be. I really thought they upgraded when they got him, and I still think they did. But he has definitely not been on target enough to really be that good a quarterback. Uh, You know, if you're sitting on him at this point, if you drafted him for any reason, uh, he may not be the guy you want. Yeah, well, uh, Sanders continued to be a very reliable fantasy wide receiver, two or three. However, you slotted him in, though, but... uh... 
I'm, I'm not shocked at all that Case Keenum's turning into a pumpkin. I thought he played over his head last year. So uh, moving on, uh, Devontae Adams uh, gets in the end zone again this week. Devontae Adams with seven catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. And uh, talking about the Seahawks, Tyler Lockett has now caught touchdown passes in three consecutive games. He is, uh, he is really, the, truly the only playmaking threat and uh, got behind two safeties for a deep touchdown reception today. Uh, Tyler Lockett would seem to be boomer bust, and he's had health problems in the past. But right now, Russell Wilson is finding him every week. Well, he's got no choice. I mean, Brandon Marshall hasn't really stepped up like a, a few of us expected him to uh, with Baldwin being out. Uh, Lockett has definitely been the one to make those big plays and continues to make those big plays. So, you know, it's hard to fault him as long as he's healthy and on the field right now with Baldwin out. You got to play Lockett. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see because we saw Baldwin in the civvies again today. There are some reports that he's making progress, but you know when you have when you have injuries in both these, uh, you know we, we don't just don't know when he's going to come back. Wendell Smallwood was actually the uh, the back of choice uh, for fantasy production today for the Philadelphia Eagles with Jay Ajayi out. Corey Clement had 55 rushing yards, but Wendell Smallwood had the rushing touchdown for them today with three catches for 35 yards. It was a total committee in Philadelphia. Really no ride but reason there. I don't think anybody started Wendell Smallwood. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. 19 carries, 64 yards, and a touchdown, uh, three catches for 22 yards. Lynch has scored in all three of Oakland's games so far. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's as reliable as they come right now. Uh, he's entrenched right in the middle of running back twos, and he just keeps doing what he's doing. He's not putting up any massive games, but he's getting in the end zone every week, and he's even catching a few passes. So that helps his value in the PPR league. So right now he's doing well, and there's people out there talking about benching him and not playing him. And, you know, I had to try and talk a few people into playing him today, and I'm glad I did. What's going on in Baltimore here? You know, Alex Collins had a decent rushing day and, a, and a, you know, a, a short yard, a touchdown run. But Buck Allen had a, had a touchdown run and a touchdown reception near the goal line. This Baltimore running back situation is driving a lot of people crazy. Well, it is, but, you know, so far, Buck Allen has been the consistent one. He's the one scoring, getting points. It was good to see Alex Collins. Let's get in the end zone today, you know, get a few more carries, get a little bit more established. Not a great day for him, like you say, but the fact that he got in the end zone is great. Caught three passes, albeit it was only for six yards. But, you know, that's another three and 3.6 points in fantasy. So you, we want to see every little bit of that add up. And the fact of the matter is it did. You know, when, when you look at this, these guys, you know, both of these guys had better games. Well, Collins ended up coming in exactly as Kareem Hunt did, which we'll talk about next. But both of these guys were over Kareem Hunt and David Johnson this week. Yeah, this this looks like a total timeshare. And if you drafted Alex Collins as an RB2, it's definitely moved him into flex territory. Yeah, he was. I, I didn't like him as an RB2 in draft season anyway because of Buck Allen being there, because of, you know, issues with him so I definitely was concerned about him where people were drafting him anyway don't really have a lot of shares of him have a lot of shares of Buck Allen because you could get him really could get him really late in drafts so I have a lot of shares of him so it, that's paying off for me hopefully Collins turns it around they need him 
to turn it around. They need to be able to establish that run, and they're not going to do that with Buck Allen. Yeah, I was very high on Alex Collins heading into the year. Uh, I felt like good vision, you know, good juke, uh, quick feet, physical at the point of attack. I was excited by what I saw from him last year, and so far, you know, I've been disappointed by him. So uh, my predictions on him haven't looked so good so far. Phillip Rivers, uh, 18 of 30, 226 yards, uh, two touchdowns, no interception, a respectable day, uh, but not outstanding against the Rams. Uh, in that same game, Cooper Cup, four catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. Cup has now scored in three games and, uh, you know, has a very, very reliable floor, as we've said. Uh, Devin Funches, four catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had, he is, uh, he nearly went over 70 yards for the second consecutive week. Plays well when Greg Olson is out. When we've seen there's not a lot of yardage upside, but uh, always the possibility for a touchdown with Devin Funches. Devin Funches seems like eight yard eight yard catch, but doesn't do anything after the catch. But you know he's good enough to have a decent floor in a PPR league. And that's what you're looking for out of him. You're not looking for him to be a superstar. You didn't draft him to be a superstar. What you're looking for is that four, five, six catches a week. Get me that 70, 75, 80 yards with those occasional touchdowns. And he's doing exactly what you drafted him for. Melvin Gordon today, 15 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. Only two catches for four yards. But it was the first rushing touchdown that the Rams have actually allowed this year. Uh Kareem Hunt, like you said, we get to him. Only 18 carries for 44 yards, but he did uh, rush for two short scores in the first half. And uh, he has scored three touchdowns overall. The yardage has been incredibly disappointing, though, as this team is just, you know, it's become like, I don't know, it's become like the old Houston Oilers here, like a run and shoot, you know, where the running back is an afterthought. Uh, you're going to have to hope that Kareem Hunt continues to get those short yardage carries at the end of finishing drives. And he probably will with the way this team, you know, is throwing the ball around the yard. But the 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 catches aren't there and the yardage isn't there. Well, yeah, I mean, he only had one target today. I, again, this was my concern coming into the year, and it's really just panning out that Mahomes isn't looking to throw to the running backs. He doesn't want to take those checkdowns. He wants to throw it down the field every time he drops back. And, you know, that's going to take so much value away from Hunt that we've seen so far, and I just think that's going to continue unless they turn it around and start to get him involved in that passing game. They're going to have to find ways to maybe move him out into the slot, maybe even push him out wide every once in a while get him on the field get him involved in that passing game because otherwise kareem hunt is going to be one of the biggest busts of the year yeah right now you know playing more like a flex than anything uh jim absolutely I, you know you definitely can't trust him as an rb1 now uh you know we'll take the two short touchdowns we'll take them anytime we get them but it's so hard to count on that when, like you said, he's only getting 18 carries for 44 yards. Those two touchdowns are really tough to count on. The, the one thing, though, is like that is encouraging about it, though, is this team is going to get near the goal line so often. They're going to be in a lot of situations where they're like one to four yards out, and they will hand the ball to Hunt. Well, I got to hope you're right. I mean, for all the people that invested that heavily in him, I hope you're right uh, because that's how it's going to pay off for him. But, you know, when you got Travis Kelsey there, when you got Tyreek Hill there, when you got Sammy Watkins there now, you got guys that can score from outside those short yardage, 
uh, ranges. So it's going to be how often does he get that chance to really pay off, and that's what we're going to have to follow. Yeah, the next two weeks they got Denver and Jacksonville. I'd be very curious to see what the over-under is when they face Jacksonville. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game. One 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 team doing one of one thing and one team doing one of another. You know, great defense against great offense. We'll have to see how that pans out. All right. Uh, David Johnson with a little bit of a revival today, if you look at the final amount of points in PPR leagues. Only 12 rushes for 31 yards, but uh, had four third catches for 30 yards and a touchdown reception. You know, if you stuck with David Johnson – you were rewarded a little bit. Josh Rosen came in this game late, uh, you know, so maybe things will uh, turn around differently. They have divisional games against Seattle and San Francisco coming up. Right now, David Johnson like looking like an RB2, but uh, he's going to continue to catch passes. I would expect a young quarterback like Josh Rosen to look his way frequently. Well, we'll see. Again, a lot of times with these young quarterbacks, they're either a check-down quarterback or they're not. If you get somebody like Mahomes where he's looking to go downfield, they don't look to the check-down. you got guys like Josh Allen that love that check-down. So, you know, I think that trend will happen with Rosen uh, because outside of that, all you really got is uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitz- uh, Fitzgerald. <laughs> I got Fitz magic on my head. Fitzgerald at, at wide receiver. It's not so. Monday yet. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, well, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here. Yeah, you're, you're certainly correct because, you know, Johnson is his weapon. You know, if he wanted to go downfield, if he wanted to be like a Mahomes, he, he really doesn't have the weaponry to really do that. So, you know, that's going to be a concern. Uh, Christian Kirk did have uh, seven catches for 90 yards today. Uh, that was encouraging. You know, maybe with Rosen in there, we'll, we'll see more of the rookie. And somebody should be on your radar as the bye weeks uh, start to hit. They begin in week four with, with two teams off. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Rewind with Scott Engel and Jim Day. More week three recapping next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Me too, actually. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind. Scott Engel and Jim Day. Wait a minute, Jim. Are you supposed to be here? I, I never know Jim, anymore. Jim Day, Jim Day at night. What's going on here? <laughs> a little confused. All right. Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. Uh, it's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contests. Sign up today. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. All right, uh, let's continue to roll down the scoring ladder for today. Uh, Brandon Cook, seven catches for 90 yards. We thought he had an early touchdown. Uh, It was determined not to be, but uh, 
you know, Cooks has been much more reliable than he was in uh, New England last year. No, absolutely. They're definitely getting him involved a lot. Goff seems to trust him. You know, he had the eight targets today, seven catches, 90 yards. You know, that that's going to be it's going to be close to his floor at this point going forward. Kyle Rudolph with a garbage time touchdown. He's now scored twice in three weeks. Uh, we'll continue to see the end zone frequently with Kirk Cousins when he plays in competitive games. How about Chris Ivory today? 20 carries for 56 yards, three catches for 70 yards, including a catch and run. He was only owning 5.1% of ESPN leagues today. I don't even know how much he was started. Uh, he was only added in 1.9% of leagues. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was deactivated. Chris Ivory showing that he still runs hard. And he has. I mean, he did even in preseason. He showed he ran hard. But, look, there was no reason anybody in the world thought to start any of these guys going against Minnesota in Minnesota, especially a backup running back. So, you know, definitely kudos to him for having a good game. Kudos to Buffalo for having a great game and tearing down the mighty uh, Minnesota Vikings. The most stunning uh, victory we've seen in a long time is Buffalo takes down Minnesota 27-6. to That'll put a pin in your Super Bowl hopes. Yeah, for a long time it looked like they were going to shut them out. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this was, a, this was de- a crazy game right from the get-go. They, Buffalo came right out and took this game over right from the start. Geronimo Allison, uh, two catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. He has scored in two or three games. Uh, Allison's looking like a reliable uh, wide borderline wide receiver three right now. It's uh, you know it it, it, it do, he doesn't seem to be this type of guy who's going to get a lot of targets, but it seems like every time Aaron Rodgers goes to him, he makes a big play. And that's the thing. But it's going to be hard to count on consistently. But at the same time, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. So that gives him a little boost, definitely gives him a little bit more upside than somebody else you would normally consider at his range. So, you know, as long as that continues and as long as he continues to make the big play, you got to roll him out there. Russell Wilson, 192 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Wilson has been sub-20 points in two consecutive weeks. It uh you know got rid of the ball quicker. They leaned heavily on the run. Uh, if the Seahawks want to win ball games, I think this is the way they're going to play football. It uh, it kind of reduces Russell Wilson's appeal fantasy wise. And absolutely, and, and you know it was it was shown this week. We talked about it this morning that you know he was down in in your rankings. He was down in pretty much everybody's rankings where he should be at this point. It's not all his fault. Because, look, that offensive line has been playing bad. They played much better today against Dallas than I thought they would. Dallas, you know, brought all those crazy stunts against the Giants last week and got home so often. But the Seahawks were ready for him today. Uh, pretty much had answers to all of that. Uh, I don't think it was until late in the third quarter that Dallas even got one sack on him today. So that was a good thing to see if, if you like Wilson uh and if you have him on your team, I don't think he's ready to be a starter yet. I think as soon as uh, we see uh, what's his name come back, then I think that Baldwin? helps them a lot. Yeah, Baldwin. Sorry. <laughs> wow, he's been out for three games. He becomes what's his name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> it just wasn't coming. Everything, every other player on the team, his name was flashing through my head, except for his. Really, even Nick Vanette. 
everybody. It, literally, I, my mind was screaming through all the players' names, and his just wasn't coming in. <laughs> if you lost Jimmy Garoppolo right now, would you trade for Russell Wilson? Because I feel like he can be, you know, respectable and maybe have a few good games. Not what he was last year, but maybe you won't have to give up a lot for him. And if the rest of your team is good, you can win with him. Oh, absolutely. I think he's a great buy-low candidate. Now, look, this is not the first time Russell Wilson has gotten off to a slow start and then finished the season strong. He does it pretty much every year. So I definitely look for him to come back strong, especially when Baldwin comes back and he gets that safety blanket back, even with a bad offensive line. When he gets Baldwin on the field, if he has still has Lockett on the field, you know we're going to see Russell Wilson come back to being Russell Wilson, where he's in consideration each and every week is a top three top four quarterback i absolutely agree with agree with that so i i tell everybody right now is a great time to go out and buy him low yeah divisional game next week against arizona i'll probably be taking the under joe flacco uh 277 passing yards on 40 attempts uh one touchdown uh if you have garoppolo you know would you want flacco maybe as the replacement well, hey, at this point, he might be the best replacement out there. But, uh, you know, it, this team is so up and down, it's hard. He's playing better than he did last year. Uh, but, he, again, a bad game against a Denver defense that hasn't looked as strong so far this year as they've done in years past. So it was a little disappointing what they did today. But, you know, he can't fault what he's doing so far in the season. It looks like them drafting Lamar Jackson has definitely lit a little bit of a fire under him. That's that's for certain. It's almost like a Patrick Mahomes thing from last year with Alex Smith. Kenny Stills, three catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he has scored in two of three games. Uh, last week against the Jets, two and 17, but that's the thing with Kenny Stills. Next week, you know, it could be one catch for four yards. Right. He's going to be consistently up and down, and it's not all his fault. His quarterback is consistently up and down as well. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely going to be something that you're going to see. Look, he is the best playmaker they have in the passing game. There's no doubt about that. But there are definitely going to be times where he's not seeing his, enough targets to make him a viable option each week. So he's a real tough start every, each and every week. But you know what? At this point, he makes a nice flex play. Uh, T.J. Yeldon was able to soldier through an ankle injury at, uh, as the Jaguars lost 9-6 to against, yeah. the, uh, against the Tennessee Titans in what was a baseball score. Seven carries for 44 yards, six catches for 46 yards. Corey Grant never panned out. Uh, I thought he would. Uh, but, you know, that didn't happen. And, you know, this game had upset a field goal battle. Uh, this was my favorite game of uh, taking the under, though. I'll, I'll say that. That worked out. <laughs> it sure did. Uh, you could have taken the under at 16 and still won with this one. Look, yeah, um, yeah this was a, a rough matchup all the way around. Mariota got in the game. Uh, you know, it looked pretty good when he did first come in, but they still couldn't put any points on the board. I was worried about Yeldon coming into this game. You know, with the, the injury, they at some point this week, they were talking about him not being able to go today so it doesn't really fill you with a lot of trust when the starting running back is you know at some point during the week has been said may not even play this week so it, it's really tough to count on but he came through with a big game uh bigger game than i thought he would like you said a lot of people were counting on Corey grant today and that just didn't work out 
Yeah, that turned out to be a dud. Uh, I was very hot on that. In pregame, maybe I shouldn't have been. Matt Breida, 10 carries for 90 yards, three catches for 27 yards. As we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, you know, there was a play where we thought he might have suffered a season-ending injury, but thankfully uh, he was able to come back in the game. But, you know, his stock definitely takes a hit with Garoppolo out. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a hit. And not only that, but now you had Morris get the, uh, the rushing touchdown as well. Uh, you know, you don't want to see that. But, man, 10, 10 carries for 90 yards, you got to love those kind of numbers. It, the kid is running great, and he's still the yardage leader uh, for all rushes so far in, on the season. Yes. Uh, Julio Jones, only five catches for 96 yards uh, today in a game in which, uh, which 80 points was scored. But, look, Julio's not going to have 200 yards every week. Uh, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be fine going forward. You know, if that's his floor, I'll certainly take it. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, six catches for 86 yards. Again, not everybody blows up every week. Jamison Crowder, only four catches for 39 yards. Did score a touchdown, but he's been very unreliable so far. Lamar Miller, 10 carries for 10 yards, five catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. But the 10 carries for 10 yards is very, very disturbing. Uh, Lamar, Lamar Miller, is he, uh, is he even RB3 material right now? Uh, no, absolutely not. He, he was dependent on Deshaun Watson having a good season for him to have a good season. And we haven't seen that happen yet. I, I think it turns around with Watson. And that, once that does, I think that turns around a little bit for Miller. But as long as Watson is struggling, so will Miller. Now, here's a stat i got to throw at you about Julio Jones that I just love. Do you know that Calvin Ridley has more touchdowns in three games than Julio Jones has in his last 19? I believe you. It's true. I mean, Julio had three touchdowns all last year, has none this year. So in his last 19 games, he has three. So far, Calvin Ridley has four in three games. Andy Dalton. Uh, th- this is this is Andy Dalton, really. That's what, kind of what you kind of what you expect. Yeah, four touchdowns and no interceptions last week. This week, two touchdowns and four interceptions. This is exactly why you can't trust Andy Dalton. Yeah, it's, this is there's a reason why most people had him as a, a low end QB two this year and. You know, he, like I said, he got started pretty good in the first two games. You know, he still put up 352 yards, which is nice, two touchdowns. But those four interceptions are a killer. Yeah, do you realize, like, four interceptions, if you do minus two, right, and four points for a touchdown pass, you you ended up with zero points for your, for your touchdowns. And you only Absolutely. got points for the they, yardage. They zeroed out totally. I totally agree with you. Yes. Well, it's a fact. You, you, you disagree with it. You're wrong. Uh, Andrew Luck, very conserving attorney today. On 40 attempts, only 164 yards and one touchdown. And then when the team had to throw a Hail Mary at the end of the game, they took him out for Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, it wasn't a good look. Um, look, but there's more reasons to do that than not at this point. You don't really want him to try and wind up and stretch out that shoulder and really put some stress on it to do that. They got a guy on the bench who can do that. He'll get it there. Actually, he almost threw it too far. Uh, so I, I wouldn't read too much into it. But the fact of the matter is, he I think he only averaged a little over four point something uh, yards per attempt today. He has definitely become a dink and dunk quarterback. 
You said you wouldn't read too much into it. Then you said he's become a dick and do dunk uh, quarterback. So I guess you did read a lot into it. No, but I, I'm saying I, I don't read too much into the fact that they brought in Brissett to throw the Hail Mary. I read more into the fact that he's not throwing the ball down the field on a continual basis at all. Uh, so, you know, again, I could see them putting in Brissett to throw that long pass and not have him go nuts trying to throw the ball 50 yards in the air. But so I you didn't say you weren't him. surprised by it. Right. I wasn't surprised by that at all. But I, I, I'm still a little surprised that he's averaging so low on his yards per attempt. He's not even a QB1 right now, is he? No, he is not a QB1 at this point. Not at all. Yeah, not in fantasy for sure. And, you know, this team is playing some low-scoring games, actually. Uh, the, the defense has actually played better than uh, than we thought. You know, they only gave up 20 points today. You know, you thought this would be a team to give up like 34 points or something like that. But, you know, Carson Wentz was kind of rusty. They're, they're playing low-scoring games. I may be taking the under. Uh, you know when it when it when it comes to the Colts and and whoever they're going to face next. So uh, and as soon as you schedule. do that, they put up forty four points. Nope, not against Houston next week. I don't <laughs> think it's happening. Uh, hey, look, John Houston Bra- made Eli look like a look, look like a stud again today. I wouldn't go that far, but uh, he certainly looked respectable. Hey, he was he was uh, twenty five for twenty nine. That's a pretty nice completion percentage. It is. It is. Uh, uh, Denver five. I'm sorry, John Brown five catches for 86 yards against Denver. This guy's been steadily producing double figure numbers, at least 13 points a week in a PPR. Has John Brown become like a must start as a fantasy wide receiver three? Uh, you know what? If I have him as my wide receiver three, I have no problem throwing him in. Like you're saying, he's getting you double digit points, and that's all you can expect from a a wide receiver three. And you know his his floor is right there at this point. Tyler Eifert with six catches for 74 yards today. Uh, you know, nice to see that you know he's emerging outside the red zone. And if he can stay healthy, the arrows pointing up. Uh, Brown's teammate Michael Crabtree seven catches for 61 yards. Uh, Philip Lindsay was ejected today for throwing a punch, but Royce Freeman, uh, 13 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. I'm still not detecting a lot of upside there. No, not at all. Uh, he just doesn't seem to have any electricity when he's running. Uh, Lindsay, being an idiot, gets thrown out of the game, hurts his value, hurts fantasy owners left and right. Uh, these guys are just, uh, sometimes they're just plain stupid. Alfred Mars, 14 carries for 67 yards. And a touchdown. Do you think we're going to? St- this is a timeshare between Morris and Breida, but uh, I think you know you'll st- continue to see a decent amount of Morris because they want to take uh, they want to take some pressure off C.J. Beathard. Absolutely, you're going to see Morris, especially if they're trying to grind out any kind of clock anywhere. Uh, I also think he'll be a goal line vulture. So I think Breida does most of the work, but Morris will get his and score. All right, coming up next, uh, we talked about the shootout in New Orleans, but uh, one guy played like a low—it was a low-scoring game. We'll talk about it next here on Fantasy Football Rewind.
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day. Head over to DailyRoto.com, the site to produce seven millionaires, and click on Go Premium. There you'll gain access to a lineup optimizer that will help you compose your daily fantasy rosters of both FanDuel and DraftKings. Not only is DailyRoto.com produced seven millionaires, but it's produced millions more in winnings for its subscribers. And if sports wagering is, is what you're into, click on the new sports betting tab where you'll be able to use the same tools and algorithms that's produced all those winnings from money line picks, picks against the spread, games totals, and player props where you can capitalize play on player performances without having to worry about salary caps. That's dailyroto.com and click on Go Premium, the industry website where millionaires are made. Literally. All right. Thanks, Daily Roto. I cashed today. How about that? You know, it's uh Me too. Actually, I did like pretty Daily good. Roto. You know, <laughs> yeah, I I stacked in some tournaments. I actually won a, a millionaire maker ticket for next week. Nice, nice. You're gonna crush it. Uh no, I'm not crushing it, but hey, I'm profiting, so uh you know, that's pretty good. All right. Uh look, it was a big shootout in uh in Atlanta, but Tevin Coleman as Jim Day predicted uh, did not show up, really. Uh, 15 carries for 33 yards, two catches for 14 yards, and a touchdown. But he really was not able to get on He really was not able to get untracked. And it, it wasn't about the amount of work, because when you're getting 15 carries, you should have more than 33 rushing yards. Yeah, no, it, it just looked like a, a game, I, like I said this morning, I just had my reservations against th- this New Orleans defense. While I haven't been able to stop anybody through the air, they've done a really good job on the ground. And, you know, if it wasn't for that late touchdown today, Coleman would have been a complete zero. So I'm glad he got the touchdown for all those owners that had ended up starting him. But it, it was definitely a rougher game than they expected. Yeah, Coleman, like, well, maybe this game's too fast for me. Uh, you know, I mentioned that Benjamin Watson was 99 years old. The old man had a great, good game today. Five catches for 71 yards. He did get involved in the shootout. Yeah, no, look, I still think he's going to have his games. I love the fact that, you know, he got double-digit points this week. Love to see that trend continue, uh, you know, as Breeze gets more trust back in him uh, after the time missed between the two. I think you'll see more games like this. I think he's going to be a a guy that you could trust as a low-end tight end one because of all the the tight ends that everybody drafted as ones aren't doing it. I think Watson is still going to surprise. Yeah, I think uh, Watson's a bye week play at best. Four catches for 44 yards in the opener, three for 18 in the second week. Uh, you know, maybe once in a while I have a game like this, but I certainly wouldn't call him a tight end one myself. Uh, Marquise well, Goodwin that's was why able. We got a lot of games left. <laughs> yeah, for him to be mediocre. Uh, Marquise Goodwin three catches for thirty yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, pre-game warm-up reports. I was looking at him uh, pretty carefully. Some of them said, you know, he wasn't catching any footballs, but he was moving well. 
But he did get in there and, and he did catch the one touchdown pass. It was a short touchdown throw, but Goodwin, who was like one of my top values of like drafted like the sixth to eighth round in a lot of leagues, his value is going to take a hit with C.J. Beathard at quarterback. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. His value is predicated on the fact that, you know, he Garoppolo loved to throw to him and targeted him often. It's going to be interesting to see who Beathard likes. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe he will take the good win, but still, uh, you know, Beathard obviously not as accomplished a quarterback or as promising as Jimmy Garoppolo. So, uh, Demarius Thomas today, five catches for 63 yards. Uh, he's, he's overall, he's been disappointing so far, but I, I, I wasn't in on Demarius Thomas coming into this year. I feel like his best years are behind him. Well, again, I thought he was going to have a bounce back here again, just because I thought we were going to get better quarterback play out of Keenum. Uh, hasn't really lived up to that yet, so that's hurt, hurting everybody that isn't named Sanders on this offense. So, uh, you know, I think Thomas will have some good games going forward. If he's getting a double-digit scoring, you know, most weeks, then he's going to be in that wide receiver three area, which, you know, not where you drafted him, but you have to take what you get. Yeah, well, Keenum is, uh, he, he's turning into that uh, that pumpkin that I thought he would be. He's a journeyman of the words of Corey Parson. He's a ham and egger. So I'm, I'm not surprised to see this happen. Carson Wentz, you know, I was telling people, hold him out. You know, he might look rusty. Might not be the Carson Wentz you expect. 25 of 37, 255 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, you know, pretty much a ho-hum performance from Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, the only the positive week, I really yeah. like, I'm yeah. sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think you're done. The only positive that I really liked about Carson Wentz today was that we saw him finally get Dallas Goddard highly involved in this passing game. That's yeah. uh, something I really thought we'd see more of early on. But I'm really glad to see it now because if that trend continues, I have Goddard everywhere. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, it's all about your teams, Jim. So, you know, we hope it, it is. Continues. Absolutely, Scott. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. is. I can't talk about your teams. You selfish thing. All right. Tavon <laughs> Austin scored again today on an inside handoff. What does it say about the Dallas Cowboys when Tavon Austin is their best wide receiver? Oh, yeah. it's a, it, This offense is uh, – Phew, they're, they're struggling right now to do anything. Dak does not look well. These receivers, you know, you never know who's going to do what or when. Uh, even Ezekiel Elliott hasn't looked the same so far this year. This team is definitely struggling. Elliott had a good game today. You know, he, he ripped off like two 19-yard runs and a 21-yarder. Uh, you know, went over 100 yards. Uh, did did have a key fumble, though, uh, you know, that, that really cost him any chance to get back in the game. And uh, also stepped out of bounds at a possible receiving touchdown. Yeah, and that you know that was a stupid thing to step out of bounds. There was nobody around him. He had plenty of space. Just a just a bad move on his part. Look, I know he had a good game, but he didn't have an Ezekiel Elliott game. He hasn't really had one of those yet. It'll be interesting to see when that does happen. Well, you know, went over 100 yards today. So if I have Elliott, if I'm Elliott owner, I'm still happy. Uh, Jordan Reed, four catches for 65 yards, and he's staying healthy. 
yeah, he's on the field. Maybe that toe, you know, surgery on his foot is what he needed all along, and it seems to have helped him now. Uh, you know, again, Alex Smith has been up and down so far this season, but it, it's good to see, you know, him get involved. Seven targets in this one, uh, so you know he's definitely involved in the game. Now we just need to see him get in the end zone. Kirk Cousins with the most. Uh... Most unreal line of this week against Buffalo. 40 completions on 55 attempts, only 296 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. If you had Kirk Cousins in your lineup this week, you may have lost your fantasy game. Thankfully, I started Ryan Fitzpatrick over him in one league. We were talking about it this morning. But uh, yeah, how, how much does this concern you about Kirk Cousins? And can he bounce back on Thursday night against the Rams with a short week? I, I think they bounced back. I, again, I think they got caught looking ahead, not taking Buffalo seriously. And look, you know, Buffalo is a team of grown men that are, get tired of hearing everybody say they suck just like anybody else would. So they came out with a little fire today that Minnesota just didn't have, uh, and they paid for it. T.Y. Hilton only five catches for 50 yards. And when he caught a 25-yard pass, it was his per- first uh 20-plus yard reception, I believe, like in his first nine games. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but it's within that range. Uh, Hilton is suffering, though, from the the, the lack of downfield ability of Andrew Luck right now. And absolutely. I mean, he had 10 targets, only pulled in five of them today. That's not a good thing either. I mean, the one thing you could say about Luck when he's dinking and dunking is he usually has a high completion percentage, but he just did not look very good today. No, he certainly did. And uh, look, I really love this guy in the preseason, but now it's at a point where I'm going to consider cutting him. Tariq Cohen's done absolutely nothing. Five catches, carries for 53 yards, three catches for 15 yards. You know, this offense is not good. Tariq Cohen's not breaking any big plays. I'm getting to the point where I'm going to hit the drop button on Tariq Cohen. I can't blame you. This whole offense is having is struggling, trying to put points on the board, trying to get anything really happening uh, outside of uh, you know Jordan Howard being that guy, Allen Robinson getting involved in the passing game, but not really scoring. This team needs to put points on the board, something we all thought they'd do uh, based on the hype that this team was getting in preseason. I think I'm safely taking the under in a lot of games where the Bears are going to be involved in. Well, it's no doubt about it. I mean, they made the best move of the off season uh, by going out there and, and you know ripping off Oakland. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Good defense. That's for that that that's for sure. Jimmy Graham today, five catches for forty five yards. Uh, you know, got a little excited with Graham get, catching uh, six balls for ninety five yards, but he hasn't gotten the end zone yet. Uh, you know, Jimmy Graham has been a disappointment ever since he left New Orleans pretty much. Well, again, you know, Rodgers hasn't really lived up to the hype either, and that's affecting everybody down the line. And, you know, Graham is one of them. I, I still like the fact he's getting seven targets. He, he's being used outside the red zone where most people thought he would just be a red zone target. So I, I like that. The, t- the touchdowns will come. He'll get there. Uh as long as Rodgers can hold up. He did get stopped at the goal line today on one of them. He did, and, you know, that was really close to him finally getting in there. He'll get there. Uh, I I have to hope he does because I have that bet with 
with uh, Corey on him scoring at least seven touchdowns. So we're off to a slow better, start. He, he better start picking it up. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Trey Burton on the tight end is disappointing. Four catches for 55 yards. He's another bear that I'm about to hit the drop button on. Yeah, at, at least he's starting to get a little bit more looks going his way. Still not enough compared to what people thought they were going to get when they drafted him. Uh, you know, in some cases, he was coming off the board as the fifth, sixth tight end, and he's absolutely not living up to that draft spot. Keelan Cole with only five catches for 40 yards. And sometimes this happens. I think you have to remember this. Uh, you know, Tennessee's a divisional opponent, but also when opponents watch the film and they see a guy go off and, uh, you know, and have a big game, they're going to try to stop him next week. And uh, when they try to do that with the superstars, they're not often that successful. But Keenan Cole really hasn't re- attained star status yet. So what I'm saying is, is you know, he could often follow up a good week with a bad week because, you know, opponents going to watch the film and say, look, after what we saw, we got to stop Keenan Cole. Well, and it doesn't help when your quarterback completes 21 passes, but only for 155 yards uh, in this total snooze fest. Uh, like you said, bottom of the seventh inning, 9-6 score. Um, you know, definitely a baseball score that we don't like to see in fantasy. And, you know, anybody that had any part of this game is hurting today. You know what? I I did it again, and I got burned. And I don't think I'm ever going to do it again. I pushed Eric Ebron up to tight end one in my lineup ranks again, and once again I got burned. You know, Eric Ebron, like, just like every time, you know, you start to get any sort of faith in the guy again, he disappoints you. Five catches for 33 yards. He's very, very touchdown dependent. We thought we'd see more from him with Jack Doyle out, and it just didn't happen. It's not happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I was very high on him as well. He did see 11 targets, uh, so that's a positive from it. But they just weren't able to convert much at all. Yeah, Again, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of those were like, were like, were like you know, like, like, like three-yard outs, you know? <laughs> yeah, but like. that doesn't – do we care? Does that matter for fantasy? It doesn't matter how he gets them as long as he gets them. So, it does you know, matter I, because, like, if he's going to catch five passes, they're only going to be for 33 yards. Yeah, well, he had 11 targets. If he would have caught 10 of them, maybe he would have got 66 yards. He's not catching 10 of them. He dropped two <laughs> balls in the end zone right off his hands. We know well, he Eric does Ebron. Have a, he comes he home have from the tendency. supermarket and he drops the groceries. <laughs> well, it, you know what? It, he's had some good games. He'll have some more. Uh, but it looks like Doyle is going to be out for several weeks here. He's going to get more chances going forward. We'll have to see how that plays out. I just, you know, sometimes, you know, amount of targets. Like, I always say opportunity doesn't always lead to production. I saw the guy, like, screw up two to potential touchdowns today. You know, he, he's, 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 got, he's got hands of hands of stone. You know, just because a guy's getting targeted doesn't mean I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust him. I don't know if the luck's going to turn around. Uh, Latavius Murray was a super disappointment today. Uh, you know, they fell behind two carries for one yard, five catches <laughs> for 30 yards. Boy, did he burn a lot of people in daily today. He burned a lot of people everywhere today. There's no doubt about it. If you had him, everybody told you to start him. Uh, he, like you said, he was probably chalk play because of his cost in, in all fan, daily fantasy. Uh, yeah, he just killed y'all. He killed us all. No doubt about it. 
Allen Robinson followed up a 10-catch game with three catches for 50 yards. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can even trust Robinson as a wide receiver three in that offense right now. Well, yeah, yeah again, um, this offense has just been disappointing all the way through. You know, I'd still take Robinson as a wide receiver three, but like we saw today, there are going to be times where he just doesn't get it done for you. But there are going to be other times where he's catching, you know, seven, eight passes and, and getting you over that threshold. So it, it's hard to see. It, it was just a totally disappointing game for Chicago, even though they won. That Having to come from behind to beat Arizona is shocking enough. Yeah, I, I don't trust the guy at all. I feel like if he catches eight balls, it'll be for 40 yards. <laughs> But I can't argue. I mean, Trubisky is just not getting it done. Nope. Tyreek Hill, only two catches for 51 yards today. He's been on a downward trend since week one. But, uh, hey, if you want to buy, buy low on Tyreek Tyree Hill, I say go ahead and do it. Yeah, what's even more concerning to me is only had five targets in a game that they score 38 points. Um, you know, you don't want to see that at all from a guy that you drafted so high who came out and had such a great week in week one. To, for him to totally fall off the earth in the next two games is definitely disconcerting. But I'm with you. If there's somebody out there who's, who's ready to bail on him because of these last two weeks, I absolutely say go out and get him. Deion Lewis only 40 yards from scrimmage today. Uh, another disappointing day. Uh, tough matchup. Uh, you still maintaining faith in Deion Lewis? Uh, yeah, again, this was the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they are a tough defense. He's still going to be a guy that's going to get more work than Derrick Henry is most weeks. And, yeah, I mean, he's going to catch the passes. So he's going to have you know better weeks ahead. I'm not ready to bail on him yet. Nelson Aguilar only four catches for 24 yards today. Uh, but, hey, if somebody's panicking, I'll, I'll swoop it and buy on him. Well, it is going to be interesting to see going forward whether they continue to move him outside or use him in the slot. Uh, he's definitely a much better weapon in the slot than he is on the outside. All right. You're listening to Fantasy Football Rewind with uh, Scott Engel and Jim Day. Coming up next, we'll look at some of the most disappointing performances of Sunday right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind, Scott Engel and Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz. Jim, why don't you you, uh, tell the listeners how you came up with the nickname Fantasy Taz, and I'm sure somebody gave it to you because anybody with a good nickname doesn't give it to doesn't give them to to themselves. 
Uh, you know what? I've been called Taz for most of my life by most of my friends. Uh, back when I was uh, a young guy, I was kind of a nut. Uh, especially when I played football, I was definitely kind of a nut. So I got the nickname Taz early on. And then as I got into fantasy, it just seemed to click. Fantasy Taz just made a lot of sense, sounded good, looked good. People seemed to be drawn to it. I liked it. Yeah, well, for those of you who don't know what the Taz is, you know, they're talking about the Looney Tunes Tasmanian Devil. So uh, they're comparing Jim to Tasmanian Devil. I know him to be a very uh, tame guy. You know, it's hard for me to imagine. Uh, what what position did you play? <laughs> Offensive tackle. Offensive tackle. All right. He was uh, he was no Eric Flowers, I'm sure. Uh, no, I, I was I was okay. I did okay for myself. Okay, good. So you weren't Eric Flowers, exactly like I said. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on here, as uh, Devontae Parker made his season debut, and we got Devontae Parker type stats: two catches <laughs> for 40 yards. Uh, you see what the other hosts think about him when you hear some of the uh, bumpers and commercials here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, do you want Devontae Parker on your roster? And even during a bye week, is there going to be a point where you're comfortable putting him in your lineup? Never. I am not a Devontae Parker fan, never have been. Uh, he's shown occasional flashes, but every time he shows a flash, the next five games he does nothing. Um, he's not a guy I want or have. I don't own a single share of him this year. No, I don't either. Uh, also this week, uh, Stefan Diggs with a very disappointing performance, kind of exemplary of how the Vikings played today. And you saw all those numbers that Adam Thielen uh put up in catch-up. Diggs only had four catches for 17 yards. Big outing last week, but only three catches for 43 yards in the opener. Do you think Adam Thielen has clearly surpassed him as the number one wide receiver on the Vikings? I do. I think uh, he trusts him more. I think Cousins is looking for him more often than he's looking for Diggs. Diggs is going to be the big play guy. He'll get those touchdowns. Uh, But uh, Adam Thielen is definitely going to be the more consistent week-to-week play in my mind. All right, uh, Derek Henry uh, said he was pissed off about his lack of touches two weeks ago or his production. He's got 18 touches in each of the last two weeks, but he hasn't gone over 60 yards. Uh, with Derek Henry, he's, I feel like he's a guy I don't even want to put in my lineup in on a bye week. No, he's a tough guy to have right now. He's going to be totally touchdown dependent. Anytime he doesn't get a touchdown, you're going to see like today where he's getting five or six fantasy points for you. So he's not very easy to to count on at all. And, again, somebody I don't really own a lot of. Aaron Jones, six carries for 42 yards, one catch for five yards. I don't want any part of any of these Green Bay running backs. This is This is my number one backfield to avoid. Well, this one and Indianapolis, I think, are are real close for me. Uh, They just run one, two in in teams that I really stayed away from in drafts just because you had no idea what was really coming out of this. And that's what we're seeing. It's just not happening. You know, he did more than I thought he would do first game back. Seven yards for carry is nothing to sneeze at. But when you're only getting six carries, it's hard to really count on that. It's going to be hard for him to get more. 
because he's not really good at pass protection, something Jamal Williams is good at. So when you already have a gimpy Aaron Rodgers, you're going to need the best pass protection in that you can have. And right now that's Jamal Williams. So he's going to still continue to see the lion's share of opportunity just because he's going to be on the field more often trying to save Aaron from getting killed. Keenan Allen, only three catches for 44 yards, but uh, has Oakland next week. Should be a bounce-back spot. You got to hope, and it will be. Look, this was a tough game for them against the Rams. Rams, you know, everybody expected it to be a tough game for them against the Rams. You know, Mike Williams was the one who got in the end zone, got involved with this one. Keenan Allen was double-dreamed, in some cases triple-teamed most of this game. Uh, they always seem to have a high-low over him. So, it, it, you know, it's tough to go past that sometimes. Randall Cobb only four catches for 23 yards. Uh, he only has eight catches for 53 yards in his last two games. Yeah, he's uh, he's getting tough to count on again. There's no doubt about it. Allison seems to be the guy making the plays. He's healthy. Where, where Cobb isn't. So, yeah, it's getting really tough to want to keep playing him. Speaking of tough to play, uh, Mari Cooper uh, it continues to go. Maybe I'm sensing a trend here with Amari Cooper, though. Maybe you just play him in even-numbered weeks. Uh, in week <laughs> one, one catch for nine yards. In uh, week two, ten catches for 116. Today, just two catches for 17 yards. But then he's got Cleveland next week. And, and, and after that, the Chargers. It just, Amari Cooper continues to drive us crazy. Uh, he's not driving me crazy. Again, I, I didn't like him coming in. He's so inconsistent. He's been all inconsistent his entire career, um, and that's just a trend that's going to continue at this point. So he, he's, like you say, it's going to be tough trying to figure out when to start him, when not to start him, and he's definitely going to hurt your feelings more than once. What the heck happened to Kenyon Drake today? Maybe, maybe the. Singular big, biggest disappointment of week three for me. I had him number 10 in my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com. I think I think they might boot me off of Fantasy Pros after this performance. Five carries for three yards, two catches for seven yards. Uh, Kenyon Drake was completely non-existent today. Yeah, this was crazy. I, I don't think anybody saw this kind of game coming from him. Uh, Miami at home. Uh, going up against Oakland, everybody assumed that he would, you know, get a, a good share of, of the touches in this one, and it just didn't come to fruition for him at all. I mean, you know, Frank Gore had more carries than he did. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had more yards than he did. It just did not work out well for him at all. No, it's uh, a lot of people are going to be fearful of uh, putting him in their lineup next week. Uh, would you buy low on Kenyon Drake? No, I wouldn't. Uh, the fact that Gore still is getting as much as he is really scares me away from Drake uh, just for the fact of if he can't beat out a 35-year-old Gore for more touches, uh, that just says a lot to me. Larry Fitzgerald with only two catches for nine yards today. In his last two games, he has five catches for 37 yards. Can Josh Rosen start to help him push up his numbers the next two weeks against Seattle and San Francisco. Absolutely, I think he will. Plus, you know, 
Fitzgerald wasn't 100% this week, uh, dealing with the injury all week. Uh, so, that you know, that's always a concern with, with a wide receiver. And, you know, it took this team forever, even in this game, to finally make that choice to go to Rosen, whereas everybody in the world was screaming at them to go to Rosen. Uh, you know, they had to wait till late in the fourth quarter to make that happen. I I'd absolutely think that Fitzgerald is going to be helped by getting uh, Josh Rosen out there, get Sam Bradford on the bench, let him stay there. I think Rosen gives them a little bit more excitement, just like what we saw with Baker Mayfield. You know, you know, it's in the first half, the way, the way uh, Bradford came out, I said, oh, you know, he's turning it around. We won't see Rosen. And then in the second half, he, I think he turned the ball over three times. Yeah, it was. He started out nice. He got them involved. They scored early. Uh, it looked like they had Chicago on the ropes, and then it just all came apart again. Yeah, who do you think is the worst team in the NFL right now? Is it Arizona? Who? Uh, Arizona can't say Buffalo yeah, anymore. I, yeah, you can't say Buffalo. So you're right. It has to be Arizona. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. right. But Bill Parse, your record says what you are. Yeah. Exactly three. right. They they but are the, out there. There's the Dolphins no are three and zero. Well, they are three and zero. So right now they're leading their division. Something uh, you know a lot of people thought because they had an easy start to the season, but you know I don't care if you have an easy start to the season anyway because if you're three and zero, you're three and zero. If it's an easy start to the season, those are just games you have to win, and they have. Yeah, it's like I say. You know, if you were going to be a good team, or even a respectable team, you know, if you have an easy schedule then you win the games that you're supposed to win. And that's what they're doing so far. So, you know, definitely can't fault them for that. The only thing I hope is that they lose one soon because I really don't want to hear from the 1972 guys anymore. No, I, I don't. But they play New England that next week. So, uh, you know, may, may, maybe, maybe it's going to happen next week. Well, we'll see. New England uh, last week did not play a good game so far. Tonight not playing a good game. We'll see which New England team we get. Well, uh, you know, I, I thought my Miami was going to go to three and zero today, but it wouldn't shock me if they lose their next six. Well, it, there's, that's always a possibility with Miami. There's no doubt in my mind that way, and uh, you know they have that capability of turning it off as quickly as they turn it on. Yeah, I remember. I lived in South Florida for eight years, and I remember when the Dolphins would would get off to a good start. The local fans would go, it's 1972 all over again. Yeah, Uh, I I could really – I'm done hearing from those guys. I hope somebody soon has an undefeated season so we can stop hearing from those guys. Yeah, I like to remind them that they haven't been really competitive in about – or good since about 1985 and haven't been really good in about 45 years. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a tough team to root for. It must be, but you know what? Right now they're sitting on top of the world. They are, but you know it's only been three weeks. You know we've seen teams three start three and zero and four and zero, and you know then you know they become a more of like a wild card team or something like that. But hey, look, it'd be a big step for the Dolphins if they just make the playoffs. Uh, Chris Thompson only one catch for zero yards today. There's an anomaly for you. Yeah, really. I, nobody saw that coming against Green Bay. Uh, but again, you know, they, they got out to an early lead and just didn't really need to throw the ball to him too often. And we saw Alex Smith finally get his wide receivers involved, uh, especially Crowder. So that, that was good to see for a lot of people that own Crowder that were getting very close to ready to dump him. 
Pierre Garcon, one catch for 11 yards. Uh, if you combine weeks one and three, he's got three catches for 32 yards. Does this guy have any hope of regaining relevancy, uh, you know, with the quarterback change? He's only in 75.4% of ESPN.com leagues, but he got cut nearly 7% of leagues this past week. And he might get cut again in a bunch more leagues this week after this week, especially with Garoppolo going down. But it may end up working in his favor if uh, Bethard seems to really gain some trust in him in practice. Maybe that's the guy that he goes to. We don't really know yet how that's going to work out. So, you know, I'm trying to tell people don't dump him yet, but uh, keep an eye on him. Usually the guys in practice as second stringers, don't they work with other second stringers? So maybe this bodes well for like a Dante Pettis? Uh, absolutely. It could absolutely work out that way. You know, guys that work with, with those strings in preseason could definitely form those those trust bonds between each other, and that could come out to play uh, starting next week. We'll have to see. Uh, sometimes we get too cute. And I got to admit, I got too cute today. I got all, all excited about Corey Grant because Leonard Fournette was out. And, uh, and TJ Yeldon was battling an ankle injury. I thought Corey Grant would be a good flex play. And what did I get for that? Six carries for 11 yards and one catch, one catch from negative one yards. Probably kept me out of cash and more money out in daily. Yeah, it didn't, uh, didn't really come to fruition. But you know what? Sometimes you have to take that shot uh, when, you, when it looks like opportunity might be there and you want to try and jump on it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But sometimes you just have to take the shot either way. Janu Smith, uh, I guess we can stop talking about him now. Uh, he had one catch for nine yards, and that's all he's got in two weeks. Yeah, I, I, phew, uh, this offense is really struggling right now. Mariota, while he did come in play today and hit some good passes, you know they're still saying that he he doesn't have complete feeling in his hand yet. Uh, that's got to be troublesome for him going forward. Kind of hard to throw a football if you can't really feel it all. Yeah, but you know sometimes you know people say, "Oh, take a look at this rookie tight end like Ian Thomas or Jonu Smith," and. You know, we start to forget, you know, that these guys are just rookies. And, you know, tight end is a tough position for them to make an impact at. Well, at least Ian Thomas caught a couple of passes this week. I think he had, what, three passes, uh, three receptions. I don't even remember how much yards. It wasn't much. But at least he got some this week. So I'll Yeah, but that was good compared to Jonu Smith, but I don't want him in my lineup. And then Will Disley only caught one pass for four yards. Well, and that's going to happen, too. Come on. Will Disley isn't going to be the man every week. I'm still not ready to give up on him. I, I want to see what the snaps were for, for him and Nick Vanette this week and see which one of them dominated because Disley has been dominating the snaps. It just wasn't happening in this game. And that's going to happen with somebody like him who, you know, is going to have some good games for you, and he's not. He's going to have other games where he just craps the bed on you. Yeah, I I don't know the snap count, but watching the game, I can tell you that uh, Wilson was looking to Vanette more than he was to Disley this week. Well, that's going to happen. Wilson is a smart guy. He knows that after the start that Disley has, that defense is going to start paying him more attention. So why not move it back over and go back to Vanette? You know, that's just being a smart quarterback. Rashad Penny, three carries for five yards. Uh, with Chris Carson playing the way that he did this week, would you cut Rashard Penny? No, not yet. 
I'm not ready to give up on Penny yet. I think they find a, a niche for him. I think they try to get him more involved going forward. Uh, Carson first hun- Carson's first 100-yard game, I'm not going to overreact that way to him being all of a sudden the great BN and end-all uh, for Seattle. Uh, let me guess. What was the best fantasy defense of the week on Sunday? Who uh, might very well be in that Tennessee game. The uh, t- Tennessee might be very well keeping Jacksonville down to six points. I don't, don't know if they did anything else to it, but no, it was just the Buffalo that fact Bills. alone. Was it the Buffalo Bills, yeah? Damn. Yes. <laughs> nice. Interception, two fumble recoveries, four sacks, and six points allowed, 16 points on ESPN standard. Nice. And it was, they were owned in... 1.1% of leagues. Yeah, nobody expected that to come, and that's what makes this game fun. The Bears uh, had 15 points with uh, three interceptions, fumble recovery, four sacks, and 14 points allowed. Looking like a very good unit. And they have Tampa Bay next week, so uh, you know maybe Tampa Bay comes to, back to earth next week. The Bears have turned out to be uh, a very good unit. Uh, you talk about the Titans. The Titans had 11 points. Uh, they only allowed six, but they only had four, uh, one fumble recovery. Uh, you know, n- not really in the turnover picture at all this week. You know, it wasn't just uh, gotcha. allowed. The, the Colts and the Seahawks actually had uh, five sacks each, and uh, you know they were they were the best in terms of pass rushing stats and in terms of the interceptions. Really quick, the uh, Panthers at four. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Football Rewind. We'll see you next week. Thanks uh, to Jim Day as well.